0: Welcome to the Colby Cast, Episode 97. Thank you for joining us. Today we are joined by some familiar voices Ashley Massey, Elizabeth Hoxie, and Kelly Powers return, but this time in the role as Dean of Students. We discuss how the deans provide an additional layer of help for our Colby students and how they act as advocates for the students to help them through difficult times. We hope that you'll enjoy the show.
1: Hi there, I'm Bonnie, liturgical musician, popcorn and podcast fanatic, and Colby homeschooling mom to four lads and lasses of middle and high school age.
0: And this is Stephen, homeschooling father of five and director of development for Colby Academy.
1: Colby's Online Academy started in 2013 with 15 teachers and 139 students in grades 9 through 12. Now there are more than 70 teachers and 1,000 online students in grades K through 12. Mrs. Megan Lengel, Colby's Chief Academic Officer, recently announced some new hires to support this growth and address the needs and opportunities that have come along with it. Some of those recently named appointments are familiar voices here on the Colby cast, and we're happy to welcome them back today to hear all about their new roles. Mrs. Kelly Powers, Colby's longtime math department chair, is now serving as the acting dean of grades 9 through 12. Hi, Kelly. How have you been?
2: Great. Thank you for having me back.
1: Sure. It's great to see you. Mrs. Elizabeth Hoxie is another longtime key member of the online faculty, serving as chair of the science department, teaching courses in that department, and also teaching theology courses, among other things. She's the new dean of sixth through eighth grades. Welcome back, Elizabeth. I sure appreciated your presentation at the vocations retreat. How are things going? Wonderful. Thank you for having me back. Good. Great to see you. Mrs. Ashley Massey has been serving as the Dean of K through eighth grades, as well as an academic advisor and homeroom instructor, and will now be zeroing in on the elementary grades. Great to see you again, Ashley. How are you? Yeah.
3: Good to see you too, Bonnie. I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Good deal. Good deal.
1: In our show notes, we will link the ColbyCast episodes on which Kelly, Ashley and Elizabeth are featured. So look there for those. We're releasing this episode on May 4th, a day which holds special significance to Star Wars fans (laughs) the world over. Kelly is known to be among those fans, so we thought it'd be fun to have her back today in particular to mark the occasion. Kelly, how are you celebrating May 4th?
2: Well, you know, I like for the Force to be with me every day. (laughs) So, um, you know, I actually just uh, a few days ago went to our local hockey team, had Star Wars night. Uh, so I got to meet personally with Darth Vader and the Stormtroopers <laughs> wow. and learned that it turns out they serve dipping Dots on the Death Star because, and I quote <laughs> from the Stormtrooper, they are out of this world. So now I feel the need to go, I mean, normally I pull out my Darth Vader spatula, I make my Stormtrooper and Darth Vader shaped pancakes, I got my X-Wing fighter pancake mold as well. <laughs> Uh, But now I'm starting to think I'm going to have to have dessert and add Dippin' Dots into my repertoire. I had no idea that this was such a big deal to the stormtroopers.
1: Clearly, who knew? That's news to me. Yeah.
2: Um, And then, of course, just to add a little fun and excitement, uh, I teach the AP Computer Science class as well. And wouldn't you know that they picked May the 4th to be our AP exam this year. So this year I will be going back and forth between praying continually for my students while eating my Darth Vader shaped pancakes and donuts.
1: It seems appropriate. It seems to, yeah, yeah, that it would be that day. Alrighty, so Kelly and Ashley have been serving as deans already as have others before them. With Mrs. Lengel's recent announcement though, it seems an ideal time to get you three together and get the scoop on what the recent dean announcements mean for Colby students and families. Ashley, you've been serving in this role of dean for a while. Could you could you help us understand the role deans play at Colby in particular?
3: Sure, I can do that. In general, so the way I describe being a dean is kind of a secondary advocate for students. So most of the time that means if a student is struggling in a course, you know, whether that's a homeschool course or online format or even self-paced, it means the dean is there to kind of help the student and the, the parent or the person instructing the course um, with maybe some supports or ideas of how to help that student progress in the course. Maybe it means overcoming something at home, just needing to change an environment. So it's kind of a role of somewhat as an advisor, but also in um, the way of success. And when I say struggling student, sometimes I'm, I'm meaning a student who maybe is overwhelmed in school, maybe has too many online courses, things are going on at home that are stressing the student out, and they might be tempted to uh, plagiarize, cheat on an exam. And sometimes that's also where Dina's brought in to kind of have that conversation with parents and the student, if it's applicable, We I mean, know, what's going on? How can we help? Um, and for some students in the younger grades, you know, third grade through sixth, seventh grade, that means kind of explaining what plagiarism plagiarism is. It's a hard age to kind of understand what it means. When, when everyone's grown up with technology and Googling answers that that knowledge becomes your knowledge, but in school we have to we have to cite our sources and that's not our knowledge, even though we can just type it in and Google it and read it and it's there. So, teaching students that I think is another aspect of being a dean. I don't know, Kelly kind of jumped in as high school dean and so I don't know, dean, mm-hmm. uh, Kelly might be able to speak more as the high school dean of, of what she's been doing as in the role of dean as well.
2: It's a lot of that. So officially, I took over January 1. Um, So uh, it it is a lot of that. You know, our goal is to be supportive. Uh, It's right there in our name. I always tell the students, I'm like, look, I'm the dean of students. I'm here for you. My job is to advocate for you. My job is to help you. Really trying to emphasize this idea of while we sometimes don't get the fun conversations with the academic integrity or things like that, our goal is to support. Our goal is to help. Our goal is to make things better for your situation, better to learn these lessons now so that going forward, you can be the person that God has called you to be. Um, And so that also means, you know, being there kind of across the board for student needs. The deans run mid-year enrollments because, of course, those that come to us in the middle of the year, it's a big adjustment. They haven't had those months that their classmates have had to catch up. Uh, So we need to check and make sure that they are set up for success. We need to make sure that the classes that they're entering into, they're going to have the background knowledge. We need to give them chances to get caught up on the technology that everybody else is. So that's a large part of the first thing that I got to do when I took over as dean. And now as we are in enrollment season, this really becomes our job to look at the enrollment process and best determine what can we do to set our students up for success. So we've spent a long time today already. We This is our second time together as deans today. Um, So we've already spent a long time today talking about what do accommodations look like for students that might need them in an online world, right? Because we are a different situation. We have different needs. How can we best help our students? And what does that look like if your special needs are more medically based or more academically based? We've had some great discussions and we're really excited for all the things that we can hopefully do for Colby students in this role.
3: That's a great way to describe it. I'll have to say too, Kelly jumped into the Dean role right around mid-year enrollments, which is one of the craziest times because it's a lot of speaking with families and um, describing what we do as an online school. There's a lot of misconception and there's so many different online options for education now. And Colby goes about our education model in a very specific, unique way. So being able to explain that to families and help them discern if it's a good fit, what does it look like, and then to that you know unique learning needs special needs situation of what online accommodations we can offer for the students so props to kelly for jumping in at the mid-year so well
2: well thank you i wouldn't i wouldn't have survived these last few months if it wasn't for ashley so mm-hmm. props right back
1: thanks so you guys have spoken to some of the sorts of things that that deans handle you all have come to the decision to to have deans for the elementary school, this is for next school year, so for elementary K through five, now middle school six through eight, high school nine through 12. Why is it important to have deans by grade level or that kind of grouping?
2: So when I took the role, this was the first time that we had the teacher model. It was very different. We've always had deans being from the advising staff. And I kind of came in and gave us a whole new fresh perspective. And a couple months into it, uh, Megan Lingle and I were chatting and she was like, okay, so we're trying to decide what the deans are going to look like next year. You know, would you have any interest in being a 6th through 12th dean? And I said, honestly, I feel like the setup that we've had, our 6th through 8th graders have always been lumped in in one direction or the other. We have a director of elementary learning. We have a director of middle and high school learning. But the fact of the matter is, is all you have to do is spend 10 minutes with any middle schooler and you will recognize that their personalities, their needs are totally different and separate. And it is such a developmental time. And the people that they are becoming is so key. I mean, that's right when you're in the throes of puberty. So we really felt like. We needed to bring in a third person into our mix with Ashley and I next year. And that person's purpose and goal is really to make sure that every decision we make as deans, we are mindful of every age group, elementary, middle school, and high school, and that we're never taking one group and just lumping them in because it fits well with that overall arc. That truly we have somebody who is an advocate for every single step of the student's educational journey. Makes good sense.
4: Yeah, I would just add on to that that we are a classical school, and the classical model of education recognizes the difference in maturity and um, emotional and intellectual development at each stage of a child's life. So it makes sense for us to model our administration. To attending to the needs of children in each um, in each developmental group. Uh, so when we were a smaller school, we didn't have that luxury. Now that we have, um, I, I got chills hearing you talk about the growth of the school over right. the last nine years. It's just That's incredible. Amazing. But um, we're a much larger school now, and we have we have the Manning to be able to give each age group the time and attention that they deserve.
1: It, it's astounding. So you referenced having a teacher model, having a, a teacher serving in a role of as dean. What does that bring to it, the role of dean?
2: Honestly, some days it's weird. <laughs> I will not lie to you. Um, I just had to send an email this afternoon to a student, and it, she emailed me as that she is in my class. And I had to write back, and I said, well, if this is truly the case with your situation, understand that your job is to email the Dean of Students, and then I put in parentheses, who I realize is also me, and make this request, like she was just asking me for a standard extension, but our extended absences are run through our deans. So some days it's weird, it's weird to be um, wear all of the different hats, Um, as teacher and department chair right now. Of course, that will change going forward to next year. But I do think that being a teacher I probably the biggest thing that we have seen with me coming in and bringing this teacher model is I feel like it is making our Colby world that much stronger and that much more united. You know, the fact that there is somebody who gets to hear all the things that the teacher hears and I hear all the things that the advising department hears. And I hear all the things that the admission hears because of my different roles, it made us realize how much stronger we could build the connections between all of these different departments. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is the number one goal that we've already seen happen. I think that from that, we are going to see great fruits that will continue to grow. And as Elizabeth said, now we're big enough to get to have all of these opportunities and to truly look at all of the different large pieces that we now have in play and see how we can fit them together to make the most beautiful tapestry we can make for our families.
4: When Kelly was filling me in on, on what she had been doing when I was considering the dean position is that I had to get ready for the whole other world, the side of Colby that I hadn't seen before. And she was so right about that. There is, um, There has been kind of two sides to Colby uh, with the advising staff and they're dealing um, a lot with the homeschooling families and, and really more the parents and then the teachers, our interaction is almost entirely with the students. Um, and so I think a big part of our, our Dean role is building a bridge, bringing, bringing the whole school together. Yeah, like Kelly said, making the school stronger as a result of that
1: so to that point does do you have much interaction with the homeschool families then or is this more on the online side
3: you know i'm trying to consider how many homeschool families i speak to and i think actually most of the interaction that i have with our homeschool families would be more so as an advisor i have not come across any academic integrity issues yeah. in our homeschool mm-hmm. <laughs> system um but you know we are here to support our homeschooling families our self-paced families as well i think there is still somewhat more of a gap between our online families who are more involved in the day-to-day of colby and staff and administration that know that there are deans there to support
1: yeah so would that be an instance where learning more about the the variety of ways in which the deans support all of the colby students for that the homeschool families they might not realize that that you were there in that capacity for them if if that need those needs were to arise.
3: Sure. And also their academic advisors. I feel a lot of homeschool families aren't aware that they have in their full time an assigned family advisor to walk with them, you know, especially those conversations of maybe they're thinking that their student might have a learning need and it's kind of a new conversation that we have people there to have those conversations. And, and, you know, we are a team model, whether it's our dean team or our academic advising team. So, you know, if one person is um, more comfortable or has more experience in a certain area that we always connect with one another to, to best support. Each other and those needs especially with our homeschooling families
2: and i will say that you know that is something that i would say for the homeschooling families that elizabeth and i have had more of an interaction on that element is not so much bringing our dean role but now that we are more involved with the advising side of things you know things are coming up with math and science curriculums and just because we have been so closely tied as the math and science department chair these last many years that's really been a benefit that we have been able to you know offer to the advising side of the piece um sure. and there have been a lot of families that homeschooling families that i have interacted with since i've taken this job for the simple fact you know as miss uh, Joan Claire Patrick said, she says, it's really helpful to have somebody that understands all of this math now. Uh, so I've gotten to do a lot of that, which is a benefit of the fact that I just happen to be around.
4: And we really value and appreciate feedback from parents as well. I. Um was emailing with a a parent the other day who said, you know, it'd be really helpful if you had a sequence, a recommended sequence for science courses. So I brought that to the advising staff, and now we have it at our website. So thank you. Thank you to the parents who make wonderful uh, suggestions to us. We definitely take those into consideration.
1: A lot of good things to come from this collaboration that y'all are a part of
0: i think this is a particularly great step forward for colby what you're able to facilitate here because um really there's so much there's so so many amazing people on both sides of things and i think because everybody's just busy with their own thing it's advisors have, have been fairly separate from teachers but you know when you, we start to interact with like the uh, vocations retreat and things like that we start to see hey there's a we need to meet these people. We need to use, utilize them, their their gifts, and share them with the families, whether they're online or homeschool. So, I think there's just a lot of potential going forward to make the whole community more rich by having this this uh, connections between teaching staff and advisors that you're facilitating. So, mm-hmm.
1: so what attracts each of you to these dean roles when you when they're prospect was presented to you actually well you've been at it the longest of these of this group here so what it what appeals to you about it
3: yes i'm wrapping up the end of my first school year as dean so mm-hmm. i would say um when it was the opportunity was brought to me i kind of thought of it as similar to my previous experience as a youth minister Mm-hmm. So a lot of times it's meeting with, and it's, it's a wide range, so K through 8 is a very large yeah. range of children, of students, young minds that are in different places in their learning and development. Um, and it's similar to youth ministry, uh, working with middle school, high schoolers, young adults that range up to 34, 35 years old. So I thought of it as a way to really connect with students and learn more about their world and what is driving their own success at home or what are barriers, how to remove those barriers, how to um, get work with them to think of, you know, if there's a situation of academic integrity of what was going on that was causing you to feel overwhelmed. And when you're overwhelmed, what are the thoughts going in your mind? How can we change those thoughts to be more successful and then change our actions to choose something different? and that's kind of how those conversations go for me, which is similar to youth ministry. If if there was a, an issue that arose, which often there was, um, of you know what's going on, what 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 are you what are you feeling right now? What are you thinking? What what put you in this position to choose this action? Looking back, what would you have chosen differently, knowing the things you know now? You know, and having those conversations and really being able to um, journey with them as they're working through these things on their own. So I kind of related it back to my experience being a youth minister and, and just accompanying people um, with with learning whether that means through difficult moments or the easy ones. And I'm just excited to, you know, to kind of step back from K through 8 because it is a lot of students that we have and to focus on that K through 5 and knowing that our 6 through 8 students will be well supported with Elizabeth there, you know, and I would I would echo that to Kelly, you know, as homeroom eight instructor and academic advisor for fifth and eighth grade sometimes i'd be like yeah you have to talk to your advisor and then oh you got to talk to the dean oh that's me too oh i'm your home roommate teacher so it's, it's really great to have a separation to know that each each student at all of these different grade levels have that advocate. I think it's a word that we all kind of echo because that is kind of where that person that is cheering you on, even in those really difficult conversations that we don't want to have with you. <laughs> you know, yeah. we we they don't make us happy for you to have them, but we're excited to be a part of that in that healing and that learning of what went wrong. How do we avoid this? And how can we make things go right? Um, so I think that's one of the things that you know really stuck out to me as dean is I love getting to the root issue of things so that they can be. Um, healed, fixed, known, brought to the light, so they can be changed.
2: I feel like me taking this job at this time is a sign in God's perfect timing. Um, So I have wanted and been envious of all of the people before me that have had this job. Um, you know, as I've watched it happen over the many years, so Everett served as Dean of Students for a year or two, and I wished I'd had it when he had it, and then Celeste took it over, and I wished I'd had it when she had it, and then, you know, at the end of last year, God announced that they were going to make some changes in Dean, and I spent the entire summer like messaging Megan Lingle like every other day. So do we know who's gonna be that new dean yet? Do we know who's gonna be that new dean yet? What's going on? And finally like she just sent me, she's like, what, do you want the job? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I was like, I just don't know if it's a good fit for my family right now. And so, you know, I talked to my husband and we talked to Megan and she was like, you know what, just keep running the math department this year. We're gonna see what ends up happening. And so Celeste continued in the dean for nine through 12 this fall. And, um, and then some things started to happen at the end of the year. And Megan and I were just kind of having conversations about where could I best serve Colby in the future across the board as Colby's going through some exciting times and nothing seemed like the right fit. Nothing seemed like the right fit. And then in December, it literally, I mean, we went from it wasn't even on the table at four o'clock on Thursday afternoon to it was a done deal by 11 a.m. Friday morning um, when I took over for the dean. And, you know, you look at all of the roadblocks and all of the times I had considered it and thrown my hat kind of into the ring and it was never the right time and it was never the right time. And suddenly it was the right time and so i used to serve as the student support chairperson when i taught in brick and mortar so for me this is a pretty close connection to that and i just always loved helping the kids who need that additional you know support and advocate and bringing the strategies that i learned in that job just like how ashley came from youth ministry that's kind of where i came from and just loved that opportunity to help students and Probably my favorite thing about the job is a lot of the opportunities that were presented to me in the past at places I could go with Colby Academy took me out of the classroom. And my daughter, um, I was considering one this fall, and my daughter looked at me and she said, how would you do all that and teach? And I said, well, I'd have to give up teaching if I took this job. And she said, well, then it's not even a possibility she said because a world in which kelly powers doesn't teach is not a world that should exist hmm. and those words just echoed in my head and i was like she's right like i love teaching i have a passion for it if you've ever spent any time in my classroom the other question is what would i do with the two closets worth of costumes if i left the classroom at this point <laughs> i mean you know unfortunately you just don't dress up for podcasts you know if funny <laughs> Well, so know. I needed to I needed to stay in the classroom but find something that I could do to enrich as many of the students Colby Academy as possible because every single student at Colby Academy has enriched my life
4: I have kind of a, a funny story of how I ended up in this position um, back in back in December before the Dean for a six or eight position even existed I started to feel a nudge uh, to do, to, to do more at Colby. We have just been through, um, tremendous transition, I think over the past few years and the potential for Colby has become so apparent to me. And I just felt the Lord calling me to, to do more, uh, to grow this school and, and to take us to, to the next step, whatever, whatever that is. Um, And at the time, there was another full time job opening and and like Kelly, I knew pretty quickly that it was not going to be a good good fit for me um, because it would have involved stepping down from teaching, which I can't I can't fathom, (laughs) Um, can't fathom (laughs) stepping away from my students. And so I knew that wasn't it, but I just I just felt called uh, to be open to that um, and my husband as well. And so when uh, when Megan brought up the six year eight, the Dean for six year eight position, I, I messaged her, I think not 30 seconds after she said it was on the table and said, I'm interested, um, I, I wanna apply and do whatever I need to do uh, to throw my hat in the ring for this. And she was she was surprised. She didn't even know that um, I would consider a full-time job something about having five kids and a husband who frequently deploys and all of that. But I just knew that that was it. That's what, what the Lord was um, preparing me for for in those
2: months preceding. Well, I will say as far as Elizabeth taking over the Dean, it's made my life a whole lot happier because (laughs) I was kind of devastated. The fact that I wasn't gonna get to work with her as closely anymore since we wouldn't be department chairs anymore. So the fact that she came over to my side, like that's like a bonus of my job I didn't even see coming.
3: And
4: the big exciting news for this week is that I am going to Colby's graduation in May and so I finally get to meet Kelly after 8 years of working together so um so be
2: exciting yeah you know? I am so excited I told her I was like I shouldn't be this happy in Lent but I am and I don't care. Oh that's wonderful.
1: Well there's a whole bounty of riches from all all these recent um all these things lining up. Um would there be circumstances when students would seek you out for assistance in your dean capacity, other than when you need to reach out to them for some incident that has occurred? Or would it be, is it still a typical start with your advisor, let them know what's going on, that might mean the deans get involved. I'm just really grateful to hear of this, of you all serving in these capacities, knowing that it's sometimes very, daunting to know where to start looking for help for something even even though we know we have our Colby advisors and things that's easy to forget that whatever specific thing we're dealing with is this an advisor question is this a question for someone else what do we do with this and can they even help me with this kind of thing so it sounds like some of the things you're speaking to are are things in which a great many folks will be very grateful for your help in this way and it will answer that question like where do we even go with this so to that end is it something where families can reach out to you proactively
2: well i will say that you know um the first thing that i did as when i took over the dean through 12 was i visited all of our colby high school cl- uh, homeroom classrooms and i introduced myself although a good number of them knew who i was um and you know i kind of shared with them what Uh, you know, the fact that my door was open to them and I was eager to help them as a student. And should something happen, they were welcome. And then Ashley and I went and volunteered our services to the Colby uh, uh, television show. And we got interviewed and we made a little brief video and we were like, hey, here we are, here's who we are. Like, we would love to hear from you if you need us. I think for the high schoolers, there has been several instances in which some of them have reached out. I had one student reach out and she was like, you know, I'm having an issue with another online student. Is this something that you can help me with?
1: Hmm.
2: You know, and then I had another student who was like, you know, this is kind of a situation that's going on in my family. Like, is there something that you can help? I think particularly for our ninth through 12th graders, These students need to learn how to start being coming advocates for themselves. One of the changes that I've made in the time that I've been Dean of Students is now if there is an academic integrity um, incident with a high school student, that it is not optional that the student attends. It has to be the parent, it has to be the student, it has to be me. We all come because they need to be part of that. You know, we're making it optional for our middle schoolers. And then obviously for our elementary kids, we leave it up to the parents' discretion on if they think that's appropriate or not. But I think in the case of high school students, I have had several that have reached out to me um, and seen because they've learned that they need to start being advocates in their own education and their own learning process, which is great to see.
4: I think we're very aware that homeschooling and online schooling can be very lonely and can be very isolating for for the parents and also for the students. And so, one of the, one of the things that happens is that teachers they're the they're the first line, you know. So they are um, aware more than anybody, what's going on in the life of their students. Uh, All of our classes begin with prayer. And so a lot of classes, the students have the ability to put in their prayer intentions in the chat box. And so the teacher might see, oh, you know, um, so-and-so had a death in their family or, you know, has some other, maybe dad is unemployed or something like that. So the, the teachers are seeing the joys and sorrows that their students have, come up in their live classes and so what the teachers do is they can pass that along to the deans now so the deans can um, reach out to the families and just touch base and make sure that that everything is okay and see what how else we can support them there we go
0: nice
3: yes i love it kelly (laughs) kelly you have your led what does it say cool glasses on fantastic I think from the Einstein video
1: where you can change you can change your lettering to the one you made for Pi Day. Can you do that?
2: That's nifty. So this one, like, there's like 15 preset ones. Okay. So um, it's always so intriguing. How many times my students ask, "Can you actually see us?" Like, I'm gonna (laughs) wear something to class that I can't see to teach. (laughs) Um, but uh, but yeah, no, this one they're they're preset, so I can't do it. My hat, I can make say whatever I want. Okay. So um. So, yeah, I'll have to wear that one next time.
3: Are you going to wear those glasses to graduation when you meet
2: Elizabeth? That that (laughs) that would help her recognize me. There you go. The year that I I was taking a unique
4: costume that is just for me, I'm going to see you pull out something new. Oh my goodness! I
3: think after eight years of working together, I think something special should commemorate the in-person meeting. I I earned it. Yeah, make it unforgettable.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna see what I can come up with. So I will tell you, I'm I'm running out of options for costumes. But uh, but yeah, I'll I'll see what I can come up with. I will tell you, the year that you know I was the graduation speaker, uh, it was supposed to be in person. So I had spent like all of this time figuring out exactly how I was going to wear an outfit that I looked normal at graduation and then instantly change when it was my turn to speak. Um, Like it's sad the number of hours I spent debating this and considering (laughs) this and had this big, huge master plan. And then of course COVID hit, and I got to do it online. So there was, there was no pressure. Uh, So, but I'll, I'll have a good in-person costume might be just the ticket.
1: I think so. So is there anything that we haven't covered yet that you would like to?
2: So looking forward for the dean roles, um, you know, there are great and amazing things that we hope to do in this role. Mm-hmm. So... Um, You know, Ashley has gotten now a year under her belt. She has learned what works and what doesn't work. You know, I've kind of brought in the teacher perspective. I've been able to share some things that I saw that we could figure this out. We've got Elizabeth coming on board and Elizabeth Hoxie is full of amazing and wonderful ideas um, all the time. So I'm particularly excited that as the health teacher, Um, Elizabeth has done a lot of research on depression and anxiety in that teenage years. And that's definitely something I hope that maybe we as the deans can get a better grasp on, you know, supporting our students. Elizabeth alluded to the idea that there's so many kids who feel this way, particularly in an online school. It's something that we, we deal with on a regular basis. So I'm really excited. Um, Next year, Elizabeth and I will each be teaching a homeroom for the first time, and it's gonna be our hope and goal to see how we can enrich the homeroom program. And just like we're creating that bridge with the advising department, creating that bridge with the homeroom teachers, because they are so much the ones who really get to take that time to meet one-on-one with the students. You know, every homeroom teacher meets, I think like with like five, four to five students individually for each homeroom. And so they really get to talk to them and they get to hear, you know, what's going well, what's not. So there's exciting things to come, but I think Elizabeth alluded to it. We don't claim to have all the answers. So if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're a Colby family and you have a great idea, we want to hear it. So our metaphorical doors are open and we think that there are some great things that we do want to do, but you all probably have better ideas of what we can do. So feel free to share them um, and if we can make it work and if it works well for the big picture of Colby, Obviously, that's going to be something we're going to want to incorporate and enrich our students with.
1: Okay, do you have any suggestions that you'd offer to families or students? This is airing close to summertime, but whenever they're listening here, uh, any any final words from from the deans to the students that you would like to leave us with?
3: My one tidbit, don't stop learning over summer. Okay. Keep up the learning, whatever it might be. Pick out books you wanted to read during the school year that you didn't have time to read over summer. Pick out nonfiction books, fiction books. Do hobbies, complete activities. Take our summer courses. If I could take the Lego course over summer, I would, but I can't. So do that. Baking or cooking. Keep learning those skills to prepare for the next school year and just to keep our minds busy and active and um, engaged in learning.
2: Absolutely. Read, read, read. Um, You know, and I always tell my students, I'm like, as a math teacher, I can totally say this. Most important class you go to every day is English class. If you can't read, can't write, you can't exist in the world. So the more reading that you can do, taking time to to write your thoughts, this, this is the key points of every single thing that you might possibly think to do in your life.
4: I just wanted to mention Kelly uh, talked about the homeroom program and I know that going to homeroom can sometimes feel like just one more thing to do and it's not required and you don't get a grade for it Um, but I would just strongly encourage students who maybe had stopped attending homeroom to jump back in. There are some wonderful things that the homeroom teachers are doing right now with their students. We all know that springtime is rough. You know, we're all kind of burned out and overwhelmed with assignments. And so the homeroom teachers are, are doing some great stress management and that sort of thing with their students right now. And it's also just a good place to go for community, uh, to be with other students, to relax a little bit and, um, and enjoy some company and get that one-on-one encounter with the homeroom teacher, so they know what's going on in, in your life. So just encourage you, if you've stopped going to homeroom, get back in there for the end of the year.
2: And looking forward to next year, we have some families that I've talked to who tried homeroom right when we first rolled out the program and it wasn't a good fit for them. I would strongly encourage those families to give it another chance. You're in the middle of enrollment looking towards next year. It would be great if we could build our homeroom classes. That would give us even more opportunities of ways to enrich them. And the homeroom program as it stands today is very, very different from the homeroom program when we first rolled it out. And we'll be continuing to add enrichment to it next year. So if you didn't think homeroom was a good fit for you in the past, I ask you to give it a second chance
1: speak to that and we did a fun episode on the homeroom program here recently so we'll put a link to that in the show notes so you can check that out we heard from several of the homeroom teachers that i want to sign up sounds good to me
0: <laughs> my son's in now because of 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 that yeah. uh, hearing how amazing the homeroom was so it's like he's got to have dr Hassler this coming fall and homeroom yep
1: minor all this has been such a fun conversation with you all. It's always great to see you guys. Really appreciate you coming to talk to us again here today. And and thank you all for stepping up and serving in the, these roles here at Colby, along with all the other many ways in which you serve the Colby community. Uh, we, we sure appreciate it. Thank you all so much, Kelly, Ashley, and Elizabeth.
2: Thank
3: you for having us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us, Bonnie.
0: Subscribe to the ColbyCast on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. And let us know how we're doing by leaving a rating or a review. And as always, feel free to email us at podcast at Mary, our
1: mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei gloriam.